Hello, and welcome to the week three edition of Spitball. <laughs> your weekly roundup of the week's NFL action. I am your host, Adri Bullhawk Mallows, and back with me today is EJ the Hood Elgin. How's it going, buddy? Adri, going well, man. Looking forward to discussing this past week. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, a great week of action, but there's one thing that's been bugging me these last few days that I kind of I want to get off my chest. So uh, so here goes for, for yourself and the listeners. If I was to ask you to name me two of the best offensive lines in NFL, who would you say? Two of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Yeah. Believe it or not, Edry, no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. They even make the sharp choice, a career-long backup, almost get close to triple yards in terms of total yardage behind line of scrimmage. And he came in, I think, late first, early second quarter. So he even played all four quarters. But the fact that that old line can make Fred Jackson and C.J. Spiller and now Char Choice all look like shining stars, quite impressive. Uh, I would have to say offensive line number two, just because of the way this guy had a breakout game, because he ran over 230 yards, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I know it may, it may have been just a shock and a surprise, but Jamal Charles is, uh, I think, leading the league in rushing right now. And Only because Spiller got injured. Yeah, and I think it was last year as well until he got injured. So, uh, yes, he's a dynamic back, but I don't think he could do nearly what he's doing unless he had a good old line. Because you think about it, their receivers, Adri, yes, they have Dwayne Bow, but other than that, there's not a lot of weapons. So you think they would stack the box with eight or nine guys and try to stop the run. So I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. Um, well, that's foiled me just a little bit. <laughs> because <laughs> the one thing that has been bugging me is that um, I didn't. I don't think the Bills O-line um, have been getting enough credit. Um, starting with last year, just to sort of fill you in with a few stats I managed to find. Last season, uh, the Bills rushed for 1,921 yards, bearing in mind that Jackson um, went down in, in Week 10 and he only had approximately sort of 930 yards. Um, we ended up with an average of 4.9 yards at the end of the season. So far this year, the team averages 5.6 yards. Uh, Spiller himself, before he got injured, was averaging 9.3 yards a carry. Um, and as you say, they made Choice look good because he came out had 20 carries for 90 yards um, with an average of 4.6 yards. So I think I'm glad you uh, you fooled me a little bit there because obviously I wanted to talk about the Bills O-line. Uh, maybe the <laughs> listeners will <laughs> write in, <laughs> tweet me, be, see whether they agree. Brag about your team, man, because I'm over here in Carolina and we just laid the biggest stinker of a game. It's probably the most hyped our city's been for a game. Yeah. And then the Giants, the defending Super Bowl Giant, or Giants came in and absolutely just pounded us, and uh, their their backups of Andre Brown and oh gosh, I can't even think of their receiver. Um, yeah, oh you, gosh, he you, came in for a team next. I can't even think of the guy's name. Barton. Yeah, Barton. He came in and looked like a superstar. So, just a very frustrating sight to see here in Carolina last Thursday. Yeah. So uh, with Carolina in mind, what's happening with? with Smith and Newton because I, I hear a lot of uh, disagreements whether it's just rumours or not but there seems to be a lot bit of off-field tension going on there you know I've, I've loved Cam Newton ever since he set foot he plays with a, a kid enthusiasm he brings such youth to the game he plays with such excitement but 
seeing him in post-game interviews and the way he conducts himself in the field when things don't go his way, he's a big baby. Yeah. Uh, he, puts, he puts the towel over his head. He, he shuts down. And when he was pulled from the game with, I think, like six minutes left in the fourth quarter, as he should have because he was playing terrible, uh, instead of taking in mental reps, watching his backup and seeing you know, what plays to run against certain defensive schemes, he was sitting on the bench being a little crybaby. So I love the fact that Steve Smith, they call him Smitty, Smitty came and went over there and got in his face. And I love it because he's the team captain, he's the veteran on the team, and I personally think Cam Newton needed to hear it. And yes, it's been blown out of proportion, and people are getting on Smitty's case out of all, about all things, saying that he should mind his own business and that the head coach should handle that. Well, personally, I think Rivera, he needs to man up and get in, Cam Newton's face. I'm afraid that he's just steering that controversy. So I love Smitty for doing it, and I'm hoping that uh, it makes Cam Newton a better player in the long run. Yeah, because to be honest, from what I've seen of him and the way he conducts himself, you've got to do something seriously wrong for Steve Smith to have a go, especially on the sideline, because he doesn't come across as that sort of player to do anything like that in public. Yeah, and I guess what ticked me off more than anything, because he was known to do that last year, um, throw the towel over his head, just kind of pout around and mope talking about Cam Newton is the yeah. post-game interview he was asked about the Giants defense and he said by no means was it New York it was all us well that isn't the right thing to say and plus he kept his eyes closed the whole time he was saying it so I, I don't know if he's camera shy or if he was just extremely depressed from the game but just a very disappointing effort both on and off the field from Cam Newton yeah it's um it doesn't sound like he's carrying himself um at all well and um on a similar note of uh, not being able to cope very well, I have to bring this up just because if people haven't heard, I want to give everyone a quick update on um, Hayward Bay of the Oakland Raiders. Um, he was released from hospital on Monday after suffering a concussion and a sprained neck. And I'm sure you've probably seen the hit from Monday on him and how that didn't get called uh, on the field is beyond me. Oh, there wasn't a flag on that? No, no flag for the helmet to helmet at all. Was it helmet to helmet? Yeah, it was, yeah. Absolutely, he came up right underneath him and just top of the helmet into the bottom of the face guard, pretty much. He was just lying there on the floor unconscious, so... I tell you, I tell you what, man, the, the league and the fans are in a firestorm right now with the refs, and unfortunately, I gotta take the side of the refs here, man. Um, they're replacement officials. A lot of them have never coached, even at the Division One, or excuse me, not coached, but refed at the Division One level. So the speed of the game to them is probably, you know, Formula Race 1 speed or, or NASCAR speed. But, you know, in terms of the average penalties per game and yards and um, so forth, it's pretty well equal. And, you know, people forget that even normal refs make mistakes. Granted, I feel terrible because everyone knows about the Seahawks-Packers game and how that, that mistake ended up costing the Packers the game. For the most sake, I think they've done a great job. The only thing I wish they would improve on is just the pace at which they call things. A lot of the times when they challenge or coach challenges a play or um, they need to go to the play booth, it just takes so much longer. I feel like the total length of the game has, has increased. But other than that, man, I've really not seen that drastic of a difference. And people are probably going to hate me for saying that. I personally have felt like they're doing their best possible job and they're doing a good job at it. 
Well, I'm going to also potentially jump on the, the hatred bandwagon from Packers fans as well, um, from what I'm about to say, with strictly to the letter of the law, it actually wasn't an incorrect decision because if they both caught the ball at the same time, let's bear in mind that the actual letter of the law doesn't say if a defender has two hands on it and the receiver only has like a pinky. The letter of the law says if they simultaneously catch the ball, it goes to the offence. What are your thoughts? That, that's just such a... Uh, I mean, I, I'm glad you shared that rule because I was even unsure of that myself. Um, I think it was the two plays leading up prior to that Hail Mary pass where it was roughing the passer, which by no means was it. And the, uh, the pass down the sideline to Sidney Rice that they called pass interference where it was actually great coverage. So those two plays, I feel like the refs should have had more pressure put on them rather than this Hail Mary play. But, um, yeah, it, the rule is what it is. And as you can see, the NFL backed it this week, saying that they were not going to change the outcome of the game. And you know what? It's so sad, Andrew, because there were actually so many good games this past week. It was so many surprises. You know, you had the 49ers getting beat. You had the Chiefs beating the Saints from even though they were up 24-3. Um, you had the overtime game in Tennessee between them and Detroit, just so many exciting games, and it's all getting overshadowed because of some sour calls. So it, it's sad, and if you don't mind, mate, let's just not even talk about it because let's get into some of the fun. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll move swiftly on from the refs. Um, so we, I'm oh, sorry, yeah. go for it, EJ. Sorry. All right, buddy. Uh, so looking at looking back at give me one your most surprising team of the weekend, good or bad. And two, your most surprising player of the weekend, good or bad. Okay, well, I'm going to tie that in to uh, the two awards that I give out on my blog because you've actually hit, it's kind of a hit it on the nail with having a player that stands out and a team that stands out. So on the, the blog this week, for those who haven't seen it, and we do an offensive and a defensive impact player of the week, otherwise known as the Megatron for offense and Ray Lewis for defense. This week, my Megatron award went to my surprise player of the week, Christian Ponder of the Minnesota Vikings. I thought the way he carried himself in that game, and particularly um, how he showed himself on the touchdown run, he really controlled the offense, and they managed to pull up a fantastic upset against the 49ers. Wow. Has, That's it. Yeah. Christian Ponder, now i got to just be, I don't know, I don't, know, I don't know if that was a fluke performance, Adri. Uh, granted, he did it against a very capable 49, 49ers defense, but I don't know if you happened to see his touchdown passes. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't exactly uh, Brady-esque in terms of beauty. Uh, I thought his players really bailed him out. Yes, I do have to give him credit on that touchdown run, very, very ballsy run, but uh, until he can prove himself more on a week-to-week basis, uh, I, I can't jump on that bandwagon yet. No worries. Well, it is just an impact player of the week for now, but uh, we'll we'll see if he proves you wrong, fella. And move, <laughs> uh, move it. I hope he does so that I look amazing and and you look pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but moving swiftly on uh, to the Ray Lewis Award uh, for well, it's supposed to be defensive impact player, but this week I actually chose the Seattle defense for my Ray Lewis Award. Eight sacks in the first half against the Packers. You know, dodgy a call at the end aside, when a defence is playing that well and keep 
the Green Bay Packers to 12 points. Is it really a shock? Impressive performance, yes. However, I would love to see if they could do that on the road. I feel like they have such a home field advantage there with the 12th man. Mm. They were able to jump off the line and really catch the tackles and guards of Green Bay off guard. Um, We'll see if they can duplicate that when they're on the road, buddy. No worries. Well, it uh, brings me in to talk about something we spoke about briefly at the beginning of the season with the NFC West. And you remember how much we joked about how uncompetitive that division is and the 49ers would walk away with the league. Here we are three weeks in, the Cardinals 3-0, and Seattle and the 49ers on 2-1. and How does that happen? It won't last. <laughs> are you sure about that? It won't last. It won't last. San Francisco will pull away. Um, Arizona, surprisingly, has a very solid defense, but I don't know. Um, I just don't foresee them being able to sustain that throughout the year. Um, and who was the other two? Oh, Seattle. Yeah, well, they should be really one and two. <laughs> but, uh, we're not going to get into that game anymore. But um, here's here's a trivia question, Andrew. I'm going to put you on the spot, man. Go for uh, it. Can you name the number one? Offensive, um, I shouldn't say offensive. Name the best quarterback in the league right now in terms of passer rating. Oh wow. Um, well, oh that's a that is a tricky one. If we went on the last ten quarters, Fitzpatrick could be up there surprisingly. Um, not having thrown an interception, five hundred yards and eight touchdowns, but we'll, we'll we'll move away from him. Um, see, I'm thinking. Uh, no, it's not going to be RG three. Do you know what? There's something in me that says it's either AJ Dalton or Whedon. Interesting. Listen to this top five. I'll do it in descending order. And tell me this is not the most crazy top five in terms of passing rating. I couldn't believe it. Number five. Go figure. Christian Ponder. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Number four. I was impressed you got this. Andy Dalton with the Bengals. Number three. Granted, I don't think he's played all three games completely. Kevin Cobb. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Now, number two, and this is all because of the performance he put on last week. I think he was the best quarterback this past weekend. Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. And go number one, NFC South. Not Drew Brees. Not Cam Newton. Matt Ryan. Is it Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan. Wow, yeah, he's had some really good games, hasn't he? They're also 3-0, and I believe, aren't they? So, wow, that just really caught me off guard. Yeah, the fact that Dalton's in there, uh, and Cobb, as you say, uh, coming as a replacement. So I think, has he done a game and a half now, or is it two games? He's, yeah, it's a game and a half, isn't two, it? so pretty good, pretty good stuff. Yeah, no, that's, that's mind-blowing. That's, uh, wow. So, it's that time of the week where now I've shared my... Megatron and Ray Lewis awards. I have to ask you for yours. Who would be your offensive impact player of the week? It's up to you if you'd like to name a few sort of contenders or if you just want to go straight for the kill shot. Um, let's see. I think the obvious choice at quarterback, just because he threw for 380 yards and four touchdowns, would be Ben Roethlisberger. However, just because I think he was such a surprise in the fact that he was filling in with for an injured running back. I'm going to have to actually go with the rookie running back, Andre Brown, for the New York Giants. Um, go figure, Andrew. 
they drafted David Wilson, I think, in the first or second round, another rookie running back. Yep. Andre Brown was the sixth-round draft pick out of NC State. He ran for over 100 yards and eight, and two touchdowns. Um, do I think he can repeat that effort? No, simply because they say um, I might or Bradshaw will be back this week and starting. But I don't know if you watched him, but he was a very dynamic runner. Granted, he was running against a very porous defense. I, mean, I hate to say it against my Panthers, but mm. I would have to pick him as my offensive side of the ball. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think that's a very good choice, and uh, it surprised me as well. And Irony of all ironies, we said last week, didn't we, when would I ever start Fitzpatrick over Manning? Well, this was the week to start Fitzpatrick over Manning. <laughs> <laughs> because... Because of uh, Brown's great performance on the ground, I think Manning only threw for for one touchdown, didn't he? Um, and about sort of two hundred yards. A real sort of come down from the week before. Uh, whereas Fitzpatrick threw for three touchdowns, um, had about two hundred eighty yards. I was gutted, absolutely gutted. Um, but yeah, no great choice, my friend. And for your defensive side of the ball, defensive impact player Ray Lewis. <laughs> I'm going to turn the tables around and actually say I'm going to go with my non-defensive impact player, player and just just because i got to call these teams out. For a combined 85 points, I'm going to go with the Titans defense and the Lions defense. 44-41. Uh, uh, Detroit actually tied the game on a Hail Mary pass. What a but, play that was, the tipped pass. Oh, my gosh. And then the recovered onside kick before that. And the fact that they let Sean Hill, their backup quarterback for the Lions, do that against them, it's just, it was very comical. Yeah. And fittingly enough, go go figure, um, at the very end of the game, it was a fourth and one. In overtime, the Lions could have lined up to kick it, and it would have, uh, it would have been 44-44, and they would have had to play sudden death with about seven minutes left. Well, they went for it on fourth and one. On They did a quarterback sneak, and it got stuffed. So fittingly enough, a game where there was no defense actually ended up being stopped on a defensive line stand there at the end of the game. So I I can't even pick. When I hear defensive impact player, I immediately go figure one, two, where there was no defense play. <laughs> yeah, there's um, an interesting fact as well, whether it's true or not, but uh, Swartz, after the game, came out and said they were actually trying to call the Titans offside and the center got it wrong. Snap the ball, hence there was a fumbled snap, and it turned up being a quarterback sneak when actually they were just trying to draw the defense offside. Oh God! How much that's, do you think Swartz? That's a kick to the yeah, do you reckon Swartz tore him a new one in the locker room afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> wow, good good call on that. I did not hear that. That must whew, that could not have been a good locker room scene. No, and thinking of. Locker rooms aren't very good at the moment. I'm going to throw the Jets out there because they were against the Dolphins. How do you let the Dolphins take you to overtime? I don't understand. Yeah. And, you know, I, even though I hate to say it, that having Tim Tebow on the roster, that has to cause some kind of chasm there in, in the locker room in terms of who to start, if he should be getting the snaps more and so forth. So I think you're right, Adrian, in that case and the fact that that locker room is eventually going to kill itself from inside and erupt <laughs> yeah and now what uh, let me ask you this let's do the uh, let's do the opposite what locker room do you think right now is one that's a shining light wow 
Um, that's that's a good question. That does put you on the spot. There's there's one that sort of comes to light purely because I wasn't expecting them to start three and zero, and would mention therefore the Cardinals as yeah. definitely as one of the locker rooms out there. That's got to be a great place to be in right now. They're sitting there top of the NFC West, which everyone, including us, had, had written them off from. Whether they can keep it up or not, obviously remain to be seen. But they've got to be on the on the crest of a wave right now. Also, the Atlanta Vulcans. I heard a lot of talk about them pre-season, and not much of it was good or expecting them to do very well at all this year. They're, they're expecting them potentially to get to the playoffs, but I think because they had such a disappointing show in the playoffs last year against the Giants where they got absolutely destroyed, I think a few people were wondering whether they would be able to step it up this year. And again, they've started 3-0. and Matt Ryan's playing out of his skin. So a great place to be right now. So for a question for you, sir. Who do you think, um, should we say star player or NFL icon-wise, which player has really disappointed you this season? You know, um, when you think of star players, obviously the Golden Boys in the NFL are the quarterbacks. And you think of quarterbacks this year, and I, we, you know, I just read you the top five quarterback uh, efficiency ratings, and out of any of those five, I would have put them mid-pack quarterbacks. So that just was crazy to me. So I think we we're starting to see a shift in the league in the fact that. Well, then again, we're only three weeks in, and who knows how much of the officiating has an impact on the game, but my biggest question mark right now is Aaron Rodgers. Granted, yeah. he played it's a very stiff, you know, Seattle defense, um, but even prior to that, help me out, Andrew, you know, who has he played against the prior two games? I know they're, they're two and, or one and two? Yeah, they're one and two. Did they, they played the Niners and lost, didn't they? Yeah, they, they got beat by the Niners. So then again, so there again, there's an NFC West team that they got beat by. Yep. But enough very solid defense. But the question would remain, who was their win against? Which, it seems stupid to have to struggle for a team that Green Bay have beaten because normally we're last season up until week 13 but, and it was just everybody. Yeah, he's just, you know, I'm, um, I'm scrolling through my page here and I don't even see him in the top 10. Yeah. yeah, what disappointed me about him as well is that I know that they are different types of ball granted, but if you're a professional quarterback, you would have thrown, in your time, balls that are a lot worse than an NFL kicking ball. So to come out and say he didn't make a throw because it was a kicking ball and it was greasy, it Wait, does seem as... Uh, the Towards the end of the fourth quarter, he overthrew someone in the end zone. And he blamed the fact, this is what I've heard, he blamed the fact that he was given a kicking ball and it was greasy because it hadn't been wiped off and that's why he didn't make the throw. Wow. Interesting. (laughs) This is one of the top elite NFL quarterbacks and and he claims that he can't throw a ball. And he he finished second overall last year behind Drew Brees in terms of total yards passed for. Adria, I just found him. He's in terms of total yards thrown for so far, 745 yards, that places him 19th wow. in the league. He's in the bottom third of our quarterbacks. Uh, you got guys like Robert Griffin that's thrown for more yards. Jake Locker that's thrown for more yards. Matt Castle. 
Andrew Luck, Andy Dalton. I mean, those are names that you do not expect to see up there. So right now, you know, there could be a few contributing factors to, the, to this and the fact that Joe Philbin, his ex-offensive coordinator, is now the head coach at, with the Dolphins. And Greg Jennings, who has been pretty much at half speed and actually missed week two due to the injury with his groin. So, and, you know, maybe it's because they've never been able to establish the run game. You know, even last year, they couldn't get the, the ball um, they couldn't run the ball, and this year they can't either with uh, Cedric Benson. So, in order for him to turn his game around, I think they're really going to have to start having the defense respect that they can run the ball, and maybe he'll get his act together. But that's my biggest disappointment because he's, you know, you see him all over those All-State commercials with the double check. He's not doing much on the field. Yeah, the um, I think one of the Seahawks also did, after he sacked him, I think it was their defensive end, did a he did kind of like a discount double check salsa dance or something afterwards, didn't he? After he'd uh, made the sack. But also, yeah, um, on that point of the running game, the year they won the Super Bowl, the running game wasn't an issue then, was it? It really complemented the passing game. Yeah. And the maybe, worst thing is. Maybe the defensive coordinators have finally caught up. Yeah, basically forced them to try and throw it all the time and stuff yep. the run. Maybe, yep. I mean. On that as well, the the Bills defense. You know, I love to talk about my Bills, right? <laughs> and I'm sure the Absolutely. listeners do by now. But especially the last couple of weeks. Now, part of me has to be a little bit realistic and say it was only the Browns and the Chiefs. But the Chiefs went on to beat the Saints this week. So maybe they're not all as bad as I would make them out to be. But against those two teams, we've really sort of buckled down and, and stopped the run. Like we held. I'm trying to think. I think, but combined. Actually, no, it wasn't combined. I've just realised that Kansas scored loads of garbage touchdowns against us, so uh, forget what I was about to say. Because uh, I was going to say I thought that we'd kept them to 21 points, but I'm pretty sure Kansas racked up sort of 21, 28 points against us because we literally, as soon as we'd got such a big lead over them, we just switched off and Dwayne Bowe scored sort of two garbage time touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So, But that aside, before the uh, garbage time, the Bills defence, I think, are playing really well at the moment. Starting to get a few sacks on the board with that expensive defensive line cost us in the off season yeah. with Williams and what Anderson. They next week? Well, yeah, this is where it might fall down. We have the New England Patriots, and they're going to be pissed. Yeah, we've we're, we're bringing them to the Ralph, so that's the only thing I think we've got going in our favour. Good. Well, Adri, I've I've enjoyed this round of spitball. Let me end with my final thought. Go for it. Can you name? Well, I won't even ask it as a trivia. I just, this just pops out at me. Go on. The number four receiver in the league right now for most total yards, Danny Amendola, St. Louis Rams. <laughs> Do you know I was actually going to say him if you were going to ask that question, believe it or not? And, and, and the sad thing is, is even though he's probably available in both my fantasy football leagues, I still probably won't pick him up, knowing that that's probably a fluke. But he uh, actually, I think, leads the league in receptions, too, so... If it's a point per reception league, he might be someone worthwhile to looking up. But uh, another great week, man. Uh, unfortunately, it was overshadowed by, you know, the referees. But the good news for those people that are so concerned about that is it looks like the, the labor dispute between the officials and the league is very close to ending. And it could be the fact that these reps may be back as really as Sunday. But I really hope that um, people can look to the side and know that these refs are putting their best foot forward. And to really enjoy the fact that uh, some great ball games are occurring at the same time.
Yeah, absolutely. This week, we've, we've so many upsets this week. Then we had three games going into overtime as well. I would recommend everyone check out uh, my blog, The Lowdown, at www.bullhawksnest.weebly.com where the theme of this week's blog is Any Given Sunday. There's a, For anyone who's ever seen the film, there's a great clip of the Al Pacino speech on there and you'll get the, the feel for this week's action if you've not had a chance to catch up with that yet. Also, as always, feel free to uh, tweet me at Adrian Mallows or there's a feedback form on the website or even email me at bullhawksnest at gmail.com let us know what you think of the show let us know if you want to take part if you think we're talking complete rubbish you know any suggestions don't be shy give us a call but as always ej it's been an absolute pleasure and i look forward to doing the same again next week my friend until the next time take care Adrian. you too my friend ta-ta